Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Join me, Granny Holster, Matthias, and the Big Swing for the hottest interviews with interesting guests from film, literature, sports, and more. Attitude Era, Monday, live, Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what time it is? It's Attitude Era, Monday Live, Monday time. Here on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hoekster, and Matthias, the modern nightmare. And we are all here with you right now, and we are going to have a good time as always. And uh, let's say hello to Granny. I know you're out there. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, icon. Looking for another awesome show tonight on 89.1 Ken's FM. And I know Matthias is here in the studio as well. Yeah, after uh, another long work week and a decent weekend, I'm ready to have another uh, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday show this Monday night. And let's go ahead and go over our guest list right now. Tonight we have Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick. He's going to be joining us. And we have a author uh, wrote a book called The Shadow of a Bass Man. And she's going to be talking to us about the Beatles and uh, what really happened to Paul McCartney. Uh, did he pass away? Did he not? She's going to tell us. I can't wait to talk about that. And we have uh, Tanya Hyde. I'm going to try and get, uh, I'm going to do my best to try and get uh, Matthias in trouble with her, uh, but uh, we could talk about that in the second hour. That'll happen then. We continue here. As you heard at the beginning of the show, we have a new uh, promo that can be heard here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, I don't know, did you guys catch that? What did you think of that? That was pretty good. Uh, did you guys recognize the voice on there, Matthias? Well, absolutely. I recognize yeah. of course. It's not really hard to rec. It's not really hard to recognize a voice like that. And uh, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, his voiceover, well. It wasn't cheap. Let's just say that. So uh, send your uh, send your donations to eighty nine point one Ken's FM to power the tower. Let's get some money here on eighty nine point one Ken's FM. If you like what we're doing, go ahead, go on eighty nine point one Ken's FM dot com. That's Ken'sFM.com. Uh, do a donation. Uh, Ten dollars a month is enough to get you going and help us out. Keep. Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on the air, as well as uh, 89.1 Ken's FM. Any donations help. You can make a big donation. You can make a small donation. Any donations that you can do, we would appreciate. In the meantime, we're going to catch up everybody. Uh, as you guys all know, uh, the icon is a busy man. Started a new position at a local company this uh, this morning. And uh, um, I wasn't ushered out of the building right away, so it looks like I'll continue that for a while anyway. Uh, this should be my last stop for uh, positions for a while. 
And I believe, uh, Granny, uh, you'll have to keep it clean. I know that uh, you had a little issue with a wrestling show this weekend. Did you not? Well, it was a great show, and I'm not going to get into what really happened because it's not worth talking about. But right. I am going to I am going to say this that if you as a professional wrestler agree to a wrestling show Okay, I'll explain what happened. I'm just not going to mention names. Okay, this particular professional wrestler was supposed to be in attendance at a local wrestling show in Tulsa, Oklahoma last night. Now, it was not a WFC event, even though the majority of the wrestlers in the show were from Wrestling for a Cause. But apparently, this wrestler's manager booked this wrestler at a autograph signing at a toy mall in Broken Arrow, and that apparently the professional wrestler, according to his Twitter account, did not agree to. Now... If he didn't want to do the autograph signing and he's upset about that, then he should take that up with his manager. But what he did and, was he backed out of the whole entire thing and was not very nice to the WFC promoter, said that he was shady and not to do business with him, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I... And the other wrestler, uh, they were having issues with obtaining his license. So those two professional wrestlers, big-name wrestlers, were not in attendance last night. But we still had an amazing show. It was still a packed building. So, you know, life goes on. But if you're going to be professional, I mean, he at least could have, made the appearance at the wrestling show. If he wanted to do the autograph signing, that's his business between him and his manager. But he agreed to show up at the wrestling show, and he did not. So I, we didn't need him. It was their loss. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And, you know, Matthias, you're you're a wrestler, and you get uh, a lot of bookings. <clears throat> uh, you know, I know we would know that you would never do that to your promotion. What is your thought on that? Well, <clears throat> knowing personally from the wrestling side, yeah, that was a very unprofessional thing to do in my opinion. I mean, the manager booked him, like the re- the manager double booked him uh for for a different event and it wasn't cool by the manager, but things should have been coincided and when like when I get a booking at a wrestling event, I take it regardless. And then if I got were to get signed to do something else, then I would, you know, have to tell that the second individual, like, hey, I made a mistake. I've already been booked on this show. So I don't know who got booked where first. Well, like where he, he didn't he, he he didn't get double booked, Matthias. He basically the oh. manager booked him for this autograph signing yesterday afternoon that was going to take place before the show in Tulsa last night. Oh, okay. The wrestler okay. So the, agreed. The, the wrestler agreed to wrestle at the event, but yeah. obviously, so then, according to his words, yeah. So, he, uh, so on the wrestler, it's it's his fault there because if if he's gonna go ahead and first off, if he's gonna um, 
if he's not going to accept, if he, if he promises a booking, you've got to show up to the booking regardless. And then the manager did something shady and booked him somewhere else, and then he just decided to quit the whole kit and caboodle, which isn't cool by him, but then to also down talk a promoter and a business because apparently they're shady and stuff like that is also very unprofessional. Like, I mean, I know words get spread behind closed doors and stuff like that, but don't take your grievances out on social media because then depending on like how big of a name you are, you know, a lot of people will automatically judge a promotion or just not come to their shows just because that one person <clears throat> said something like, like I could go out here and I can, I could, uh, bad mouth a promotion around here in North Dakota and be like, oh, this, 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 this. And then some people would not come to their show because I said something. Or if somebody were to agree with my statement, then that could get spread. And if I have a problem with a promotion, I talk to them myself, and I just be professional about it straight up. And that's and what that's, this that's person commented on their Twitter account that actually, as a commentator for Wrestling for a Cause, you know, he basically told this professional wrestler, I don't know what took place, you know, but, you know, you should have at least honored the working the show and work, you know, if you had a problem with the promoter, work it out with the promoter, just like you said. After, after, you, know, after you go don't. to the back, after, after you go to the back and the money's exchanged, then you talk to them. You don't, you don't go out on social media and badmouth somebody and then just cancel everything that you've already promised to attend to because that that just ain't cool and like and and that and that also bothers me prefer, uh, as a pro wrestler because whenever I get an opportunity to be booked I'm going to take it whenever I get asked to do a booking I will do it and unfortunately I ended up double booking myself uh, one time without even completely realizing it and I got a lot of flack for it and. And I basically had to tell the second promoter, I'm like, hey, you know, or I, I think I think I actually got booked. I w- okay, so this one promoter books his shows out a year in advance. Like, he's got his whole thing set up, but he's also known to cancel or he's also known to do something like else. So I initially accepted this booking because he, I always go to these shows. Well, then I go to another promotion, and they're booked, they booked me in a tag match, and they've been promoting it. They've been pushing me. They've been all this stuff. So then I tell the other promoter, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I haven't seen any promotion. I haven't seen any like that, so it just didn't cross my mind. And these guys are promoting me. They're posting videos daily. They're talking about the match. They're talking about the show. So they were the main set on my mind. So I'm sorry, but I'm about to miss this one show. And I almost got blackballed from the company. And it's like, and I even told them, a week or so in advance, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, I double booked myself, I apologize, but I won't be able to make it, and I still almost got blackballed from a company because of that, but yet this other wrestler can do it the day of or whatever and just cancel, and, you know, he may not get as much flack for it as, like, I would because, you know, I don't know how many days before before the show took, I don't know how many days it was that he canceled everything, you know, it was at least, I know it was at least one day, possibly two days before the show was supposed to take place. Well, then, exactly, uh, and he should have talked to the promoter and been like, hey, you know, I'm like, and either way, he should have still honored the booking, because even if he knew two days in advance that this happened, he shouldn't have just cut his losses and quit both, but that means they just either think too highly of themselves, or they just 
they just were lazy and very unprofessional to not do it. But, but I, it, I think Matthias, you probably would have you probably would have made it good on the back end with the one promotion that you double booked that you you couldn't do the one show. I'm sure you would have uh, uh, made a deal with them that. Uh, uh, you could have uh, got back, but we'll, we'll discuss that in a little bit. But uh, uh, I know that our, our first guest is on the line here, so we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, we will be back after these messages, and then we will go with our first guest. Give us about 30 seconds. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Street of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the man that scared us to death as a little boy, and now he's an even cooler guy. And uh, his father is from the great state of North Dakota, Grand Forks, to be exact. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He is Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster. Hey, how are you? How are you, sir? Good Hello. to have you. Okay. Are, are you there? Good to be here. All right. So uh, uh, we know that uh, you're uh, you have a, a big uh, concert that you're going to go to. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have you on and off here in uh, in a, well in a matter of uh, well thirty minutes or less. half an hour. So uh, so here's what we're going to do here, uh, uh, Butch uh, or Mr. Patrick. Uh, if you could give us a little background about yourself, then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a round table. Then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Yeah, no problem. It'd be great. So go ahead. Give us a little background then. Well, uh, background on me? Okay, well, geez. Um, I started acting when I was seven years old. Uh, first uh, movie is called Two Little Bears. Went on to do some Kellogg's Cornflakes commercial. Was on the first ever episodes of General Hospital back in the day. Then I did a year of the real McCoys prior to the Munsters, guest starring roles in about 75 different shows across about 14 years prior to the Munsters. Um, older shows, Ben Casey, The Untouchables, Mr. Ed, um, Gunsmokes, Bonanzas, Death Valley Days, Rawhide, Road Horses. Um, stumbled into the Munsters uh, when I was 11, and 11 years old. My mom had married Kenny Hunt, um, and for, who was from uh, Grand Forks, and uh, he was a Yankee who was then uh, playing for the Angels, I met Kenny when I was about nine years old, a great guy, spent a lot of time with him. And then uh, rolled over to Disney work, Disney Studios, um, did some more stuff there, worked through uh, my teens into my late teens, did uh, nine episodes of My Three Sons, um, 27, let me see, I did 17 movies, 27 commercials, and, you know, like I say, about 75 guest starring roles. Here and there, did a series called Lidsville, the summer of 71 for Sid and Marty Croft. Um, in between, then I got into the record business, did some records for Metro Media, summer of 72, 73. Then when MTV came on the air about 10 years later, we did a rock video called Whatever Happened to Eddie, which was the Munsters theme with lyrics that I wrote. And that kind of brought me back full circle back into the Munsters uh, mainstream, of which I have been um, in and out of ever since. 
And uh, I, uh, uh, before uh, we we sign off with you, Butch, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to give you uh, tell you a little story that uh, that you probably never heard about uh, your father because I I I known your dad uh, for as a kid when he would come here for the Roger Maris Golf Tournament. I also got to know your mom Sherry real well and your sister Carrie as well. And uh, I got a little uh, cool little story to tell you uh, about your dad. Um, and how he endeared himself to me, but we'll we'll talk about that, uh, save that towards the end here. But uh, so when you uh, got the role in the Munsters, uh, were did did you expect it to uh, uh, last a very long? I know it only lasted two seasons, but did you expect it to last longer, or did you expect it not to last as long as it did? Well, nobody expects anything to last this long, and for two reasons. Number one, it's it's hard to you know foresee the future. But number two, syndication didn't exist back in the mid '60s. Shows were made, they went off the air, they were gone forever. Syndication was a phenomenon that came into play in the late '60s, when a TV station in the Midwest was airing something, and they went they wanted with dead air, and there was nothing on the screen, and someone grabbed a believe it or not, they grabbed a. Uh, a tape of the Adams family of all the shows in the world they picked. They picked the show, uh, a tape of the Adams family and stuck it up to fill dead air uh, on the screen. And he, they noticed that people were watching it and liking it. And then they figured, Hey, we've got all these shows already paid for and we can air them again and still charge for advertising. You know, how cool is that? And that's how syndication started. You know, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but, uh, you know, the Monsters is, you know, still on the air somewhere uh, on television today. Do you still receive residuals from your role as Eddie Munster? Uh, no, no, I never did. There was a 10 reruns uh, uh, contract that was the standard issue, but um, after that, it, it, dissip- you know, it, it dissipated into nothing. Unless it was a feature film, feature films always have a little bit of something in there for you, so it goes into perpetuity. Is that why that uh, a lot of the older shows nowadays uh, we, we, uh, we still see on because they don't have to pay the stars uh, any kickbacks now? Or, and like shows that you don't ever see anymore because uh, stars have contracts where they have to be paid? Is that why that still is? Well, there's probably a portion of it is, but mainly you've got to consider the whole structure of the content needed and channels and cable and, and, and streaming services. All of that's different. The Internet, the YouTubes, none of that was around in the mid-'60s. And um, filling content wasn't that big of a deal. They would just do summer replacement shows for 13 weeks, and then everybody would take a hiatus because we'd worked 39 you know, weeks doing, a, doing first-run stuff for every season. So the whole structure, I uh, really didn't have a whole lot to do with the rerun process. It had to do with filling, you know, filling content for as many channels as they had. And as obviously as more channels popped up, the, the re- and they found that there was a market for the syndication old shows. That's kind of how it all just uh, segued into everything. Uh, Butch Pactor is our guest here on 89.1 Kins FM. We've got about uh, 25 minutes here left with Butch. Uh, we're going to do a little roundtable here. Uh, first off, uh, I'm going to introduce you to one of your bigger fans that used to watch you uh, back on primetime. Uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Mr. Butch Patrick? Go ahead. Well, hello, Butch. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on. And, yes, I watched you on the Munsters for years. I I was born in 62. I just turned 60 in August. So I re, and I remember the Sid and Marty, you know, Sid and Marty Craft 
Kirk, you know, Lidsville. I remember watching you on Lidsville on Saturday mornings when I was a kid. So I remember seeing you on that show. So what was it like to work with Charles Nelson Riley? Man, I get that question a lot. <laughs> Charles was a very interesting man, very talented, uh, very charismatic you know he he drew attention he had a lot of talent but he was um he was you know he was a handful he, he really was he you know he was uh uh he loved the character he loved the you know he loved playing it it was it was it was not quite his normal typical type of show he was accustomed to i think the makeup was something he was uh, a little unprepared for the extent of it and uh mm-hmm. that can't that can be difficult for people if they're not used to it. I was used to it obviously from being on the Munsters. But um Charles was fun. I mean, he was he was great. Uh, it was sort of a a friendly competition between us, you know, uh you know, whose show was it? Was it Mark who fell in the hat or was it Hoodoo's, you know, who was the Mad Hatter? And you know, I was on screen more often than him, but he was a you know, he was more of a star in his opinion and his so it all you know, it was a little friendly competition between the two of us. Billy Hayes was the was the strength and the glue between the two of us that made the show work because she was a cross mm-hmm. alumni, you know, from being Witchy Poo. Mm-hmm. So it worked out well. And then uh, also uh, uh, um, uh, Sharon Baird, who was also with all the Croft shows, who played Raunchy Rabbit, was a dear friend and is a dear friend of mine. And she was also a very strong uh, uh, uh the catalyst to the show doing doing well as well, being there to to be the liaison between me and Charles and and Billy and the little people. Yeah, it, it that, was a it, it was a awesome. fun cartoon to watch on Saturday mornings. I mean, you know, it you know it was just but amazing. it wasn't a cartoon. But it wasn't a cartoon. Well, that no, was it wasn't a cartoon. Artotic. No, it, I know it, it was wasn't a, a cartoon, it was but a, it was just it it was a live thing on Saturday mornings. It wasn't animated, and I know that, but. And I loved That's it, you know, it, like always at the beginning when you would go, when you went to the magic show and you, your show is you spinning down in that magic cat. You know? well, so That's the, what reason, I was. the reason I brought that up is because it was a, it was a cool alternative to cartoons. That's what was so mm-hmm. great about Sid and Mark. Yeah, everybody, it was. Everybody it was. watching cartoons, and this was a very interesting, unique, new new way of, of entertaining kids, and, and it was good. I was I was, I mean I know I know that you knew it wasn't a cartoon, but I want to take that opportunity to yeah. expand upon yeah. with Marty Croft, uh, how how new and how cutting edge they were. Well, I remember um, watching you know Billy Hayes' Witchy Poo on H and R Puffin stuff too. So uh, yeah, Patrick, no, I guess understand. here. Uh, we're on 89.1 Kins FM here. We're with Butch Patrick. We've got about uh, 21 minutes. Now, Butch, I want to introduce you to a uh, our, our resident wrestler, and uh, he goes by the modern nightmare, Matthias. And uh, we were just wondering what you thought about having the dream match between the modern nightmare and Eddie Munster. Uh, go ahead, Matthias. What do you got? Well, yes, you are talking the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias. Not that he has an ego reign. Not at all. Welcome on to our show. Um, the first, uh, the main thing I kind of wanted to ask you is because you mentioned that you were involved in uh, so many types of media, whether it was like TV or movies or commercials. What was uh, what did you find easier to get involved with, like between a movie, a TV show, and a commercial, and, or and why? 
Okay. Uh, there, well, I'll, I'll give you all three of the rundown. Uh, the commercials was always my favorite because it was one day of work and checks for years. So that was the best thing. If you could get a good commercial for the amount of work you put into it and the amount of money you'd make off it, it was great to get commercials if they were good. And and I did a lot of them. So that was fun. Uh, but the, the television series um, was more of a I don't let me see let me put how can I put this? It was more of a grind, like a nine to five job to where you would go in and you would ha- pretty much be doing the same thing over and over, just a little bit of dialogue, you'd be in the same sets, you'd be doing this, where features were pretty much wide open. It would you'd shoot about three pages a day versus like six pages a day for for a TV show. And and features everything was was much bigger. The the scenes were bigger, the sets were bigger, the budgets were bigger, and everything was like done with bigger cameras and everything. So er, you know each one had its own um, style, but it was like slower for features and bigger and better. TV was more of a regimen. You know you go in and like you go into work. You know if you had a nine to five job, and the commercials, like I say, for the amount of work you would put into them, it was fun to see yourself do a commercial and see you pop up. You know, whenever you'd be watching TV out of the blue, all of a sudden you'd see your commercial and you'd know, like, somebody was mailing you a check. Okay, cool. Uh, Butch Packers yeah, are thanks. just here on 80, we're on 89.1 Kent's FM. we got uh, about 19 minutes here with uh, Mr. Patrick. And for those of you who listen to our show, if you go to 89.1 Kent's FM like that, go to Attitude Air Monday Live Monday, Facebook page like that, do a $10 month Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, or a future guest. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, Mr. Patrick would be willing to send us one or two for that. Uh, we can talk about that later. But uh, one thing I do want to uh, 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 ask you about uh, and tell you a quick little story. Uh, the first time I met uh, your dad, uh, I believe it was 1986. It was the second annual Roger Maris Golf Tournament, and uh, uh, my dad took me to the course where your dad was playing, and uh, I actually had a shirt on, a, uh, a an old Munsters shirt on, and your dad had mentioned to me that uh, uh, his son was on the shirt. I'm like, who? And he said, uh, Eddie Monster, that's my son. And uh, uh, I thought that was really cool. And he also introduced me to your mom, Sherry. Then uh, I can't remember how old your sister was at that time, uh, uh, Carrie Hunt. Uh, but uh, every year that they came back, even after, even after your father passed away, they still kept on coming back to uh, Fargo. And I... I don't know if they make the trek anymore, but uh, your family has just been a, a major part of mine uh, for a very long time, which I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I, you know, when I, when I met you uh, this year in Fargo, it was great to, to catch up. And, and you know, I, I, I got to sort of correct you. Kenny was my stepdad. You know, he was a great guy, but he, he wasn't my dad. He was my stepdad. And I was lucky enough to be old enough to appreciate all the ballparks and all the baseball and stuff and everything that came along with it. So and and Sherry and Carrie, um, you know, they're they're actually Kenny's Kenny's uh, family. I was I was sort of like uh, he was he was married to my mom for about five years. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to help you out with that. So, uh, but okay. Kenny was a great guy, and he and he came into my life at a very pivotal, pivotal point, and I and I loved the fact that I got to uh, spend the time with him and at the ballpark, and we you know and we were friends you know until his until his passing. Now, when you uh, when you uh, were a kid and you got to go to all these uh, different ballparks and uh, meet all the different players, uh, was there like one ball player that uh, you were like thrilled to death to meet? You're like, oh my goodness, it's you know whoever. Uh, I'm sure you had that experience. 
Oh yeah, well you know when I went to the ballpark, um, well back in back in the day, I, Kenny was very good about bringing me autographed baseballs from all the teams that would come through. You know, he was, I had a lot of them, but I remember probably um, my favorite uh, my favorite story with with the Angels. You know, Lee Thomas and and Leon Wagner, Jim Fergosi used to come by the house a lot. Uh, Joe Copy, Eli Gerba, these are guys that were Eli was with the Yankees and went to the Angels with Kenny. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really get a chance to know too many of the other members that came through. I mean, I had the baseballs and I met them briefly. Um, you know, Al Kaline comes to mind because I remember he was such a big star, um, uh, at the Dodgers and when the Angels and the Dodgers would play together, some of the Dodgers players, you know, you get to meet, it was very cool. Sandy Koufax, for instance, that was awesome. You know, it couldn't get much better than that. And uh, one another quick little baseball story, uh, and I'm sure you probably heard this. Uh, you know, your father played with uh, Roger Maris, who of course was from Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, your yeah. dad from Grand Forks, North Dakota, played together in 1960, and then he was traded to the Expansion Angels in 1961. And uh, I believe it was the third or fourth week of the season. Uh, your dad was up to bat, and he hit a long fly ball to deep center field, and uh, Roger Maris jumped in the stands and stole the home run from your dad. And it's a great stop motion picture. Were you aware of that? No, I would love to see it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I will uh, find it for you. And I will send you. Uh, I think I can actually find the video footage too. And they actually featured it in the movie '61 as well. Uh, when you see him yeah. going back and jumping the stands, he's actually robbing the home run from your dad. Oh, that's an interesting story. That's, I'll have to mention that to my my brothers. My brother Chris is a huge. Huge. I mean, Steve and Chris are both fans, but Chris is a huge sports fan. Now, when you were when you were in the Munsters, you know, you obviously had to be in a lot of makeup. Uh, how long were you in makeup uh, each day, uh, and then how long did it take you to get the makeup off when you were yeah, uh, playing? Well, I'm aware that I really was. I really wasn't in makeup. That was really me. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was in makeup an hour a day, but it was only three days a week. It wasn't too bad. And uh, is it true? I heard that there was a story that Fred Gwynn, he he was in makeup. He was always sweating so bad. He like sweat like he sweat off like twenty or something pounds or something like that. Is that true? Yeah, he was a slender guy, but the big rubber suit and under the hot lights, he had a problem with dehydration. And yeah, he drank a lot of lemonade and salt pills, and uh, he had some air hoses that he would you know like just cool himself off from the inside out. He would put up his chest and just turn them on, and that would do that. But, yeah, he had a hard time going. But the, like I say, we, we were in makeup Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which allowed us four days to recover. So it, it, was, uh, it wasn't too, too bad. But Fred probably had the worst of it, yes. And uh, now you, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, current things you're doing, and then we'll, uh, we'll circle back. I have a few more monster questions. I, I, I know you, you, you probably get asked the same monster questions all the time, but I'll try and ask you ones that you haven't heard of. But, uh, and we get uh, most of our information here on 89.1 Kent FM, Attitude Air Live from uh, IMBD, uh, imdb.com, and you can uh, correct us if this information is uh, incorrect. But, uh, it says that you have two projects in uh, post-production right now, uh, uh, Quackasaurus and Old Man Jackson. Is that correct? Old Man Jackson, yeah, those are movies. Those are independent movies that I did. Uh, I tried to, and you know, it's funny. A lot of times when I'm traveling around, it's amazing how many film filmmakers, you know, especially independent filmmakers, are fans of the Munsters. And they um, 
have reached out to me and they would like me to participate in their movies. And I try to accommodate them when it's possible. Those are two of them that I have. Uh, those are not really my projects. Those are projects that I, I, I was talent in. But I do have a couple things going on that uh, I'm more involved in the production and then the, in the, uh, the ownership of. One is called um, Haunt Improvement, which is a, a spoof of uh, home improvement, where Tom Devlin and I, master, uh, master monster builder and, and haunt builder Tom Devlin, and I go to, around the country to help uh, haunted attractions and in, 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 uh, privately owned haunted attractions, help them get exposure and up the numbers for their attendance and make them successful if they're struggling a little bit. Uh, that's one. It's when does like, that I, air, sir? Sort of like, uh, well, that's right now we're in the negotiations, talking with the with a very I don't want to drop any names at the moment, but but someone who's like got major, major, major sh- shows on like Deadliest Catch and uh, and Storage Wars and things of that nature. Uh, hopefully, that'll be coming up very soon. And then uh, we also have another thing that's about toys and collectibles uh, going around the country. We have an entire pilot for that called Toy Scouts which um, might go uh, along with it, but we're not sure. Those are the two things that I'm really dealing with, along with building a haunted attraction in Arkansas and doing my personal appearance tour with my Munster coach and my Dragula and uh, doing marketing with um, various companies around the country to help them draw attention to their different venues. Uh, Butch Pactor is our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about 11 minutes. You know, it's interesting, uh, Butch, uh, Mr. Patrick, that uh, – uh, Granny lives in Arkansas, so she might come and uh, say hi to you, bring you some cookies. Okay. Uh, I'll uh, I'll talk. <laughs> now it also mentions that uh, you're also uh, you have a couple of projects that you're filming, like uh, and uh, correct me if this is incorrect. River Beauty and Cadillac Respect. Is that correct? I don't know about the Cadillac Respect, but I just con- I just finished River Beauty. And uh, do you have do you have a release date set for that one? No, these are, like I say, these are not these are not my movies. These are movies <clears> that I just got in front of the camera as talent. Okay. Now, when you uh, uh, one thing that uh, you do uh, like to do, uh, I'm sure, because uh, you do a lot of them, is comic cons. Uh, when were you asked for your first comic con? When did I do my first comic con? Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, probably back in the early '80s, late '70s, maybe when they first started. You know, you know uh, Jack O'Halloran. Uh, he uh, played uh, Nun in uh, Superman One and Two, and uh, he had told us that when he was asked for his first Comic Con, he said that uh, he didn't want to go because he wasn't. He didn't want to have a whole bunch of Trekkies coming up to him and asking him live long and prosper and stuff. And the main thing that they said to him, which was interesting, was he said, "You actually talk," because you know he didn't talk in the movies. What, what is it? What is your favorite thing about doing comic cons when you're out there in uh, public? Basically, just sharing a good experience with people that grew up watching the show and have fond memories of uh, their their loved ones, whether, you know, their grandma or their, their favorite uncle has passed that they found themselves watching. It's, it's... And if I'm not so mistaken, anyway, you, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. Friends who, who interesting things that have happened. Okay. I'm sorry. The radio was, was getting noise. So anyway, yeah, the, the meeting of the people, like my Monster of memories book is, is a great book. I, it's based about people sharing stories, what they had, and uh, what the Munchers meant to them. And I have this extended family of people and fans 
that it's great to meet. And, and uh, it's amazing how loved and how popular the show is and how many people just can't get enough of it. And even with the new Rob Zombie movie coming out, we even have a, a new crop of people seeing a new, uh, a new dimension of the show, which is great. And uh, if they wanted to get a hold of the book, how can they uh, get the book, Butch? It's, uh, now, this is pretty hard. You might want to get a pen and paper out for your audience. It's called Munsters.com. You go to Munsters.com, and we have a very nice website and a lot of interesting stuff. And there's a Munsters store in there that you can get not only a book, you can get shirts, you can get autographed pictures, merchandise, coffee, DVDs, uh, caps, all kinds of good, great stuff. If you're a Munsters fan, there's something good for, for you there, and you can either start a collection or expand and add to your collection. And uh, it's, uh, people, uh, I, I spend a lot of time uh, going to the post office and mailing stuff off to people who uh, have purchased things. So it's, it's a great site. Now, uh, do you, uh, uh, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you also, have, you also own the car now, don't you, that was on the Munsters? I have a Munster coach. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, saw, I had two of them, actually. I just sold one, and I have another one that's almost uh, finished, the Dragula, and I got a Munster chopper as well. And then my new Munster coach will be done in about, in probably in about another four months. And uh, my other, uh, uh, in my last Munster question is, uh, when you, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, there's a lot of pictures of you, uh, you, you know, you're holding the Wolfman doll. You, you still have that, right? Wolfwood dolls, yes. I've got uh, the the original. Actually, I don't have, but I'm I have three other ones that were made from the original. So uh, I'm sitting on three ver- three different versions of Son of Wolf Wolf. And uh, do you, are are you the one that uh, owns the full rights now to the monsters? No, no. Univer- NBC Universal is owned by a major corporation. All right, uh, Mr. Butch Patrick's our guest here. We got about uh, six minutes here with. Uh, uh, Mr. Patrick, uh, now when you uh, when you do these uh, uh, these projects uh, and they uh, you know they find out that uh, you know you find out that they're big fans of yours in the the TV show, uh, do they like uh, do people like when you're on set and you're out in public do they recognize you uh, in public as Eddie Munster? Occasionally, but not too often. Just often enough to uh, make it fun. But no, it's um, a lot of times they they actually respond. Usually, if they hear my voice, a lot of times they'll recognize my voice more than they'll recognize me. But once they once they figure out, you know, they you, you bring it to their attention, then they they see the resemblance. And when you uh, when you were working on the uh, when you were working on the show, uh, you know, you made uh, lifelong friendships with uh, all the cast. Uh, uh, how many different uh, reunion stuff did you guys do? Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, there was a guy uh, that actually made uh, a monster's house, and uh, you guys went out to uh, uh, be part of that. Is that correct? Yeah, Waxahachie, Texas. The uh, Sandra and Chuck McKee built a monster's mansion. That Chuck actually built it for his wife. It was Sandra's idea. And uh, but yeah, they've got a fabulous house out there. Uh, they actually have tours and. They have uh, murder mystery evenings and seances, and they have all kinds of great stuff. So if anybody that ever gets close to Dallas, uh, Waxahachie, Texas, the Munster Mansion, uh, yeah, look, look them up. They're great folks. And Pat Priest and I, uh, I've been uh, out going out there since, I think, they, uh, since 20 years ago, I think it started. And I was, I was one of the – I was there the first night I actually slept in the house. And, uh, yeah, it's great. And they're, they're, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a, it's a must-see house. 
And then do you uh, do you still do the full makeup when you make these appearances? No, no, I do not. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was I was always curious about that. It's like when you uh, if you ever make appearances at any monster, then you have to go under the makeup for an hour, and uh, but you never have to you never get asked to do that anymore, correct? No, actually, I, I did get asked to do it. Uh, Mad Monster Party. There's one of the conventions that we do and we enjoy doing. But I only did it because everybody else was being made up into their um, uh, their their screen characters. So. You know, I'll I'll be happy to oblige when when it, when everybody else is going with it. And but as far as dressing up as Eddie Munster, no, I, I don't really do that anymore. Uh, Mr. Butch Patrick's our guest here. We got about uh, four minutes here with uh, Mr. Patrick. Now uh, I was going to ask you what you thought of the new uh, Monsters movie that uh, just came out recently. I I thought it was very fun and entertaining. I, I liked what he did with it. I liked the retro style that he um, engaged in. <clears throat> I thought. The Danny Roebuck, I thought they all did a great job, you know, uh, Jeff Daniel and, and Sherry Moon. Um, I thought it was fun. You know, a lot of people were expecting something probably, you know, your purists, you know, probably didn't like it because it wasn't in black and white and they were trying to copycat Fred and Al and Yvonne. And then the Rob Zombie fans who were looking for blood and gore and profanity and, you know, uh, a PG-rated movie wasn't their style. They had their issues with it. But if everybody um, would just review it for the – for the entertainment value and, and, and the production value, I thought it was great. So I was very happy with it. And I was happy to be the voice of the Tin Can Man as well. And Pat Priest, Marilyn Munster, was the voice of um, of the uh, the uh, flight attendant in the plane for Transylvania Airlines. And uh, so we can do this. If uh, our fans uh, around the uh, around the states wanted to come check you out, uh, where where are you on? Where are you going to be on tour? Uh, say in the next couple weeks, that fans can come on. Uh, say hey, Munsters dot com. I have my schedule up. Uh, I will be flying to uh, Elmira, New York, next weekend for the Twin Tier Comic Con. The weekend after that, I'm going to be in Dallas, not too far away from the Munster Mansion. Uh, for a uh, something to do with Halloween. I don't have it in front of me, but it's the memories of Halloween. I'll actually be there with Lisa Loring from the Wednesday, from Wednesday Adams from the Adams family, which is kind of a weird situation there. So that'll be fun. But yeah, if you go to Munsters.com and, and look at the schedule, I try to keep it updated and uh, everything should be there. Awesome. And uh, one other thing I was going to ask you, uh, you know, you also, you've been a part of many different television shows other than the Monsters, but uh, one of our fans want to know, what was it like actually being part of uh, an episode of The Simpsons when you actually played uh, uh, yourself? Uh, that was fun. I was a Simpsons fan, and I was happy to be part of it. I was looking forward to seeing what it was all about and being part of the um, alumni because there's a, there a pretty pretty extensive list of, uh, of, of big names that have been guest voices. So I was happy to be part of it. And if our uh, fans wanted to check you out and see, you got a Facebook and Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. I know you got the website, but what else you got that they can uh, check you out and say, Hey, you pretty much said it all. You know, Butch Patrick, Facebook, the real Butch Patrick, all things monsters. We have an Instagram, all things monsters, which is very cool. And it's new. I got a lot of great stuff happening there. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, the real Butch Patrick on Twitter, um, in Instagram, and the two Facebook pages, and that's about it. All right, and uh, one one other quick little story I'll give you. You know, this is actually the second time I've got to interview you, uh, Butch. 
you were on uh, a show I used to work at back in the uh, early 2000s, the Ben and Jim show, and you were a guest of ours at the time. And uh, with your help, you actually got us uh, hooked up with Grandpa, which was really awesome. And I, I never did thank you for helping us do that. Well, I'm glad I could help. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, a great guy to interview. Lots of information and, there. Uh, and we spent the whole uh, time talking to him about the movie Used Cars and the Busters, which was really interesting. The Hanging Judge, yeah. Hanging Judge Harrison, as a matter of fact. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, Butch, you are you are awesome, sir. For Go ahead, I'm sorry. Days and then Robert Zemeckis is the, you know he went on to do some great things. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Butch, uh, we do thank you for joining us tonight. We uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, we hope <coughs> we haven't uh, scared you away too much. We hope uh, that you'd be willing to come back and join us again. And uh, the next time you're back in Fargo, I hope that's uh, real soon uh, that we could uh, maybe get together. I'll uh, I'll take you out for uh, um, a salad or something. I don't know. Whatever, whatever you want to do, I'll take you out for steak. <laughs> whatever you want to do, I'll take you out. No problem. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you, and thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks Butch. Butch. All right. Uh, Butch Patrick, ladies and gentlemen. It uh, looks like our first, our next guest is waiting in the wings. We are going to take a quick little break, and we will be back after these messages from one of our sponsors. Give us a few seconds. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange. It's an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. All right, we are back, and we want to thank uh, Woodspring Suites for being a sponsor of our show. But right now, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle with book in hand, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mary Ann Howard. Hey, this is Mary Ann Howard. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, Live Monday, on 89.1 Ken's FM. With your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Huckster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. All right. How are you today, Marianne? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'll tell you what. This is going to be an interesting, uh, interesting topic. Uh, uh, we'll, uh, you and I will kind of set the groundwork, and then we'll do a roundtable. Then we'll uh, come back and uh, uh, come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions about uh, your book. But uh, Give us a little background about yourself, then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll uh, we'll proceed. Go ahead. Give me a little background about yourself and the book. Well, well, background with me towards the book, um, I came to realize that there was something going on here with the Beatles about four years ago. Um, I was introduced to my co-author by a friend that neither one neither one of us initially knew. <laughs> was sort of a little freaky thing. I had her call me on Facebook um, one night, and uh, her, her, her post was up on my screen, so that was a little interesting. And uh, she said that Ann and I needed to become friends, which we then, then did. And uh, about eight weeks later, we were under COVID then. We were all locked down. I was teleworking. She was still working, hospital work. And um, we decided to write a book about our research. And in 10 weeks, we had that first book done. 
<laughs> which is crazy in of itself to write a novel in 10 weeks. And uh, you, you, you wrote the book during COVID, correct? Yeah, 2020, summer 2020. And you said it, 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 it took you all, how long? 10 weeks. Now, that's not with the editing and everything, but that was just getting the whole book, you know, chapter to beginning to end. So basically, uh, you know, so basically you got sat down at a table for, with typewriters nope. or computers for 10 weeks and you just hammered nope. this out. I was still working. I was still working my full-time job. She was still working her full-time job. Um, but I was home during the day. She works graveyard and um, I was teleworking. So we would get on the phone during uh, my lunchtime and uh, we would pass chapters back and forth. We would have a little discussion over where are we going, what's next, what you know, who's going to put in what section on what are we going to talk about? And, yeah, it was just crazy. And uh, let's see, what is the uh, – let's uh, go ahead and talk about the book, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit about what it's about. And uh, uh, then I'll uh, pass it off to my coworkers, and we'll come back to me. So what is the name of this book that you wrote? The Shadow of a Baseman. And uh, give us a little background. What exactly is it about? The Shadow of a Baseman. Um, it is about the death and replacement. Um, we went into murder and replacement of Paul McCartney back in 1966. So uh, your, your book basically says that uh, uh, Paul McCartney uh, was, uh, you know, was, was killed or murdered or whatever. And uh, uh-huh. you, you did... You did research on this, uh, so my question is: uh, if uh, if Paul originally passed on, uh, who uh, was the uh, individual that they had replaced Paul and called him Paul McCartney? Who uh, take us through that? That'd be nice to know who he actually is. There's so many theories out there: um, Billy Shears, Billy Shepard, William, William Shears, uh, Billy William Campbell. Those names are all bannered about in, in that Paul is dead community. Um, we were investigating all that as well as, you know, just looking at what happened, what was going on around the Beatles at that time. Um, so it's really hard to say. Was he a session musician? Yeah. Um, was he, I mean, he's obviously, he's very good. So it's hard to say who he is. We'd like, we'd all, all right. like to know. All right, uh, we, we need to take a quick little 10-second uh, break uh, for uh, station identification. We'll be back in uh, 10 seconds. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, and we are back here uh, with uh, our guest, uh, Mary Ann Howard. Uh, she wrote a book called The Shower, uh, Shadow of the Baseman. Uh, uh, before we uh, come back, uh, before I ask you uh, some of the more interesting questions about the book, because uh, I, I, I do have a lot. Um, okay, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, so let's, uh, let's uh, go to Granny first, and we'll uh, go to the modern nightmare, speaking of the graveyard shift. Uh, but, Granny, what do you have for our guest, uh, Marianne Howard? Go ahead. Well, this is Granny Holkster. And we're glad to have you on the show tonight. It's a pleasure and honor. So what Thank was you. your, I mean, because I love the Beatles. I mean, I love their music. You know, I, I I always thought they had amazing music. 
What was your most favorite thing about that book? The favorite thing about the book? Um, I don't know. We look at it as the whole book. It's Paul's story, you know, what mm-hmm. what was going on with him. And I think it's more important um, that we're able to tell his story for him in in a fictional way, obviously. But mm-hmm. what we expected had happened based on so much that they they themselves leave the clues, you know. Mm-hmm. And nobody denies it. They joke around about it, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it's more just letting people know what was going on with Paul, giving wow. him a presence. And, it, and, and oddly enough, my co-author remembered me doing this, was going to be doing this interview today. And she said, I said, how did you remember? And she says, because it's the day Paul died. We, we believe mm-hmm. this was his death date 56 years ago. Wow. So that's that awesome. Was just ironic. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we have the modern nightmare. Uh, Matthias, I believe that uh, you're, a, you're a Beatle guy, and, uh, you know, you like to have a couple of the Beatles songs as your come-to-the-ring song. So what do you have for our guest? Uh, go ahead. Well, first off, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. I'm not going to go through the rest, <laughs> but North Dakota's number one heel, Matthias. Everyone loves to hear me talk, but I'm going to save it for right now. Uh, so welcome on to the show. Um, my main question to you would be, um, I used to, I went to, I had a communications degree when I, I went to college for communications and, and I had more of a, uh, a difficulty when I did the newspaper aspect, I had to like write stories and stuff like that. And I found it more easier for me to do video side of story and doing audios and stuff. Was there a more difficult part of creating this book or was it all kind of uh easy for you in your creation of this book you know it just flowed um we honestly believe that you know i honestly think a lot of what ann was putting down was um automatic writing so to speak um Mm -hmm. we we honestly think that the other side was helping us there's no way, you know, people sit there and say, how did you write a book? In 10? And it's a 400-plus page book in, in 10 weeks. And it, I don't know. Things, anyway, I was getting tons of synchronicities while we were writing. Um, so one of our stories even came out um, from a synchronicity from a YouTube I was watching when somebody was talking about uh, the fact that they knew uh, Denny Lane had spoken out late at night, one night after, you know, performing um, in 87, I believe, and was saying that, you know, the fingerprints in 1980 didn't match when Paul was arrested in Japan. And I happened to be on that chapter. We were towards the end of the book. We were in the chapter where, you know, we're starting with 1980, um, leading up to John's death and the end of the book. And I went ahead then and wrote this whole section there about uh, Paul and Billy being caught in Japan. So it's just like, hmm. synchronicities are like we're abounding during this time. Okay. 
That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, uh, we have Marianne Howard as our guest here. She wrote a book called The Shower, uh, The Shadow of a Base Man, and uh, I believe it's also available in Spanish. And I can't. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this. La Sombra de you, uh, Bachista. Is that correct? The Ombre or some Ombre du de Bejos or something. <laughs> I can't remember oh. either. I have to go back and look. All right, and for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Air, Monday Live Monday, you like that. Uh, you go to uh, 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Uh, do a $10 month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you an automatic uh, qualification to win an uh, autograph uh, picture or memorabilia from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And uh, uh, Marianne, would you be uh, willing to uh, send us a uh, maybe a couple autographs for giveaways for our fans that are listening right now? Sure. I'd love to. All right, I will send you that. Uh, I will send you that information uh, uh, when the show is over. Uh, so now, uh, you know, basically the topic is the book of how Paul McCartney passed away and uh, died in a car accident, and they had someone uh, replace him and called him Paul McCartney. Now, I don't know if you ever saw the episode of. Um, uh, Saturday Night Live, where uh, Chris Farley was inter- uh, interviewing Paul McCartney, and uh, he says, uh, "Paul, you know when they said that you played the the Beatles record backwards, it was say, like, Paul is dead, Paul is dead.' That was a hoax, right?" And Paul McCartney says, "Yeah, I wasn't really dead." Uh, <laughs> so that, this book kind of contradicts that, doesn't it? Yeah, he 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 does a lot of masterful speaking. He 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 does a lot of. Uh innuendos where he's denying but he's not denying i i don't know if i actually saw that particular segment um but I, you know i've seen the different segments you know like one with david letterman where he puts his finger to his nose and says but he was me meaning i am the replacement <laughs> and i'm like you just told everybody you're the replacement but people don't get it because they aren't in that mindset so how, how mindset, long uh if you're in that mindset, you look for it. So how uh, how how long uh, did you, you research uh, all this stuff for your book? Uh, was it uh, months, it weeks, we a year? For the book, it, we, we weren't researching for the book because we didn't even know each other until eight weeks before we decided to write. Um, but I had been researching for four years, and Anne has been researching, I think now, since. 2009, so maybe 13 years, somewhere in there. And, and uh, so, so we can we uh, so we can do this. Research. So we can do this. Uh, we have uh, uh, Mary Ann Howard is our guest here. We got 17 minutes here with uh, Mary Ann. Uh, so now, so we can do this here. Uh, if our fans wanted to, to buy the book and check it out, uh, uh, how can they get it? Um, the best way is to go to our website shadowofabaseman.com and you can connect to the book uh, reviews um, YouTube channel everything is the sort of our little hub so it went uh, over and if, same, if somebody wants the Spanish speaking book I translated that I used Google Translator forgive any like any errors <laughs> but you know we did this all ourselves and so no. Now is is it's available in all forms, right? If they wanted to like buy it on uh, like a book on tape or I guess book on CD nowadays, is it available in audio form as well, like uh, kind- not, and also Kindle and? 
It's on Kindle on Amazon. Um, it's, you can purchase it on, I guess, however they do that with uh, either put it on tablet or on Kindle, however that somebody wants to pay for it. Or if they have it, it's free on Kindle if you have this Kindle subscription. But you know, it's paperback on Amazon. You know, one thing I, I've, I've never asked an author, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this, but uh, you, know, you have a website, uh, theshadowofabaseman.com, and they can get the book there, or they can go to Amazon.com. As an author, uh, uh, would you prefer that they get it from your website or get it from Amazon no, or Kindle or whatever? It doesn't matter. Links, the website links to Amazon. It was just a way okay. of putting, maybe directing people to you know, like the first year when we would put in the title and it would come up to something else and it was just like it's not linking over. Um, it was just the best way to get it going to our particular book. And uh when you were when you were doing all your uh when you were doing all your research, what was the most interesting thing that you came across that you found out? The most interesting thing? Yeah, that you weren't I, aware of. I don't oh, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. My my most interesting thing for myself is I'm a visual person. So I automatically, it's sort of like, have you, you know, when you hear that, um, when you see something, you can't unsee it. I'm in that mind, I'm in that frame. I can't unsee it because I see all the different, um, So what do I want to say, the different, at, you know, tributes, attributes. So did you? Uh, um, so um, you know the gentleman that uh, that, that uh, apparently is playing Paul McCartney now. Did he, uh, he give you guys any pushback on the book, or uh, no. said uh, you can't put this out or anything like that? No, and he couldn't really. If he, I don't think so. Um, with all the other PID books that are out there, he hasn't pushed back on anything. He hasn't pushed back on on any of them that I'm aware of. But this, this is a fictional book, so it's you know. It's a novel. There are things, I mean, we are telling a lot of, actually, Anne just recently went through in our 400-page book, there's 604 truths, so to speak, um, as, you go, as you go reading through the book. We have a lot of references in the back of the book. We use a lot of quotes um, in it, but we have the storyline that makes it flow. And uh, now, you also wrote... Working on a non- we are working Go on ahead, nonfiction. So th- that's all right. We're working on a nonfiction that we hope to get out this next year. It's sort of like that was the beginning of what we were going to do, and then we ended up doing the novel. And then that novel led into the second. So our second book came out last year. That's the sequel. That gets into a lot of John's assassination and other shadow government um, ops that were going on um, that we're bringing out. Uh, the shadow has become not just Paul, but, you know, the shadow of um, atrocities, so to speak. Um, and then we started writing the third book, which isn't released yet, but we're, we're going back to the nonfiction next. And uh, I believe the second book, the, yeah, I believe the second book is Shadow Dancing Rise of a Basement. Is that correct? That's correct. And how long did it take you to write that one? Um. A little bit longer because we weren't really um, in in that mode, and we both were still working. You know, Anne's still working. 
I just recently stopped working. This is like my last week. <laughs> so uh, I can focus a little bit more on the books. So basically writing the books is like hitting the lottery, right? <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but it, it's important to us. Um, we weren't in it for – we're not in it for sales, but you need to have sales to have um, people know what you're writing about. So for to have Paul's Truth out there, you need to have people – um, aware. And uh, so you, you, mentioned, aware. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, you, you're, getting, you're starting to write a third book. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, what is the name of the third book, and where are you at in the process of writing this one? And do you have a release date uh, possibly <clears throat> that you can let us know about? The next book is Shadow Warrior. Um, and it is the third book in the tri- – it's, it's a series now. So it's going through the timelines, uh, the first book being mostly in the 60s and ending up with John's death. Uh, we pick up with John's death in the second book, and we're working through the 80s, um, and then we're going further. Uh, eventually we'll get uh, – who knows? Who knows where we'll go? We'll end up – we have to get into George's death at some point, and uh, – more from there. So you're you're starting to write the third book, and uh, uh, now you, you you said you do have plans for fourth and fifth. Uh, do you know how many you you want to do completely? No, you know what? Not really. It's whenever we're at a point. I mean, we got fifty six years here, more sixty really. When you're adding in the other your early years for the first book, so. Um, the nonfiction book is going to probably take precedent here and get that finished first. Um, that's going to be Shadow Box, Secrets of a Base Man. Um, not sure when it's going to be out. Sometime in the spring, I think. And then the third book will come out shortly thereafter. And uh, would you uh, and then the would you be, be willing to on. would you be willing to come back on with us uh, to promote your third book? Oh, sure. Awesome. Hey, we we have a fan, guys. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, don't leave yet. We got we got about uh, we have uh, Marianne Howard as our guest here. We got about uh, eight minutes here left with uh, Marianne. Uh, now, when you you know when you wrote the sat down and wrote the first book, and then you wrote the second book, now you're in the third book. Do you find it easier uh, as you as you write now? Uh, it's easier than the first time compared to the second time and third time. Um. Yeah, the first book. I don't say think it was hard. Um, I just think it just flowed. The second book and the third book, the second book was a lot of technical. We had a lot of information and had a lot of um, documents from John's death. We actually have printed copies in there of uh, his death certificate and um, different lines up of the shooting. Um, we we get into Mark David Chapman a little bit there, uh, a lot of bit, um, his background and how he might have been set up. I mean, we think he was a Manchurian candidate, you know, candidate for shooting John. Um, so we get into all of that. And uh, um, I, I know this question is uh, is, uh, is is probably uh, passe at this point, but uh, are you a Beatles fan? Of course I am, since I was like and, six. 
And what, what is your all-time favorite Beatles song? Um, Here, There, and Everywhere. All right. And uh, Paul McCartney is obviously your favorite Beatle? Obviously. Obviously. And... Uh, you know, everybody uh, Everybody always gives me uh, 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 heck because my favorite Beatle actually was actually George. Uh, uh, I just love George Harrison uh, uh, from his uh, older stuff, and I know there's the Lennon fans and there's the Ringo fans. And uh, uh, Granny, who's your favorite Beatle? Well, I kind of liked them all. I mean, you know, I, I just liked their music, you know, so I didn't have a particular favorite, you know, so... And uh, Matthias, how about you? Who's your favorite Beatle? Uh, I got to agree with Granny. I never particularly had a favorite. I mean, their music was, uh, I can't even remember the first time I heard one of their songs, but they're uh, one of my older, since I'm a, I am I love playing jazz band, and I kind of got introduced to the Beatles during like my jazz band days, and I just, I really, uh, I really like just listening to music. I really don't have particularly a favorite. I think they're all just really talented in, in their own special way. And uh, so, uh, so we can do this here. If our uh, fans wanted to uh, see you and uh, check you out, uh, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? I understand you got the <laughs> website, but what else do you got? I have everything. I'm on Facebook. Um, we also have a Facebook group, The Shadow of a Bass Man, uh, for anybody who wants to uh, join the group and, and hear, you know, different theories and a lot of people talking about different things that they come across. Um, Instagram, I'm on there a little bit. Twitter, I'm, I haven't really been on there. It's just I created that years ago. Uh, so basically our website goes to our YouTube channel, so you can subscribe to our channel. Uh, we finished recording a video that was really long <laughs> the other day, and it's not up yet, but it, it's going through. I did a 300 slide deck, uh, 300 slides um, comparing side by side. And going through it, so um, yeah, people can people can check us out there on the YouTube channel as well. And then I'll uh, I'll uh, send you uh, audio of this show, and maybe you can add that to your YouTube channel, and uh, you can give us a little uh, plug and uh, let everybody know the uh, egotistical maniac that you met from Fargo, North Dakota today. And I'm and I don't mean besides, <laughs> I'm talking about me. Well, yeah, and and didn't you? come to know me through your wife is that what i understand she read the book first or yes correct correct uh i she she actually had the book and uh uh believe it or not everybody uh the icon is not much of a reader uh i don't like to just sit down and read books i just i just don't but uh i i saw my wife she had a book with uh, paul mccartney playing guitar and i thought maybe it was like something about uh you know, maybe his life story or something. And I said, well, what's that book? She said, well, did you know Paul is dead? I'm like, no. Well, this book will tell you about it. And I'm like, really? And, uh, you know, I'm like, I was kind of like, you know, I I was very interested and very intrigued. I'm like, you know, I wonder if I can find her on Facebook and talk to her, see if she'll be on the show to tell us about this. And uh, so if, uh, if, you know, I have your phone number, so if you want to blame anybody for getting in touch with you, you can blame my wife. Yeah, well, how did she find us? I'm always we, – we get curious, and we're as we're starting to get out of our shells, I mean, this is new to us. Me talking to you guys on the radio is like 
new. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we're we're interested in how people find us or or the book or know about Paul. So. Well, you know, it's funny. I have no idea how uh, uh, how she found the book, uh, but uh, you know, I know that uh, we have a, a good friend who will remain nameless because he will be appearing on the show next week. Uh, a Cowboys fan. That's we're not going to go any other further than that for right now. But uh, yeah, um, uh, but uh, I myself and, and I uh, my and I know nobody cares, but. Uh, my wife actually had a challenge for me to see if I could not get her an autographed copy of the book. And, uh, well, you know, I'm thinking maybe uh, you might be willing to do that and help me win that bet so I don't have to do dishes uh, for the uh, for the, for the uh, next uh, couple weeks. So she has the first book, so maybe I'll do that with the second book. Okay. And then uh, I do have a friend, like I said, he's a big Beatles guy. I mean, he's just a Beatles ma- maniac. Uh, and uh, if if I could get one autographed copy of the second book and one copy of the, of the first book, uh, that way I can let him read it, because my wife is not going to give up her copy. Uh, but if you could do that, I, I would her. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah that'd be fine. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, All right. great. So we have uh, Marianne Howard as our guest here, and we have uh, a couple minutes here left. And, you know, we do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us. And uh, uh, when uh, uh, I'll understand if you never want to answer a call from me again, because most guests don't after they've been on the show. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, except for Matthias. Uh, but anyway, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, when you're ready to release the, the third book, we would like to have you back on so we can help you promote that as well. Oh, great. Thank you so much. And uh, what, no you, you said you, you said you, you have the time frame of when you want it to be released or when you might finish it? Um, I don't know. Like I said, the third, book was the, the third book in the series and the nonfiction book are pretty much almost done. It's just a question of adding more in and editing. And going through and checking it, and check. it's amazing when you stare at a manuscript like that for so long, and you read it and read it and read it. I mean, we read it to each other um, while when we were finished, looking for the errors and everything, and typos and stuff. It's amazing what <laughs> it's amazing how your eyes just skim over things. So we have to go through that whole process yet, but we weren't in a hurry with this one because we want the first and second book to catch fire before we bring out the third book. Um, and the nonfiction, that's why I said I'm going to focus on that one next. Because that one All is right. a, lot of, a lot of the, you know, the details that are facts. People will say, oh, well, it's fiction, so there's no facts. You know, where, where are the facts? Like I said, there's 604 facts in that book. Okay. On a four hundred book. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We do appreciate uh, you taking time on your schedule to be with us tonight, and we'll definitely have you back on again. And uh, you are awesome, and we do thank you for taking time on your schedule to be with us. We thank you very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. Awesome. Thank you very much, and we'll be in contact. Thank you. Uh huh. 
All right. Uh, Mary Ann Howard, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're waiting for our next guest <coughs> here. Uh, uh, and I know she's calling from Europe, so uh, um, I guess um, I, I guess we'll just kind of wait until uh, she calls in. Uh, but um, uh, if you guys want to uh, uh, if you guys want to chat amongst yourselves here for a little bit, I'm going to try and uh, get our next guest on. Okay, go ahead. You guys okay. take the show for a little. Well. So, how was your weekend? Other than what you, you did, you have a quiet weekend, or? Well, I mean, I I kind of wish it was more quiet. Uh, of course, I worked Friday and then kind of got to relax a little bit. I I've been dealing with a lot of personal stuff going around here. It's just been it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that's been uh, hitting me hard. But uh, the week Saturday we were busy with our with uh with work at the bar and stuff like that and Sunday we got to watch the Vikings win and then it was I tried to relax as much as I could but uh, I'm try I'm trying to get more wrestling in cuz I'm kind of missing being in the ring and I've been missing training cuz I've been so busy so I'm I'm just ready to get my butt back into some bookings and uh yeah, in a couple our, of weeks I'll try to get my booking Our wrestling show Saturday where James Storm was supposed to be at it was canceled due the promoter, he's having some kind of serious health issues going on, so they had to cancel that. But then we had the show in Tulsa yesterday, and uh, it was a good show. I mean, it really was, even though it was mostly just all WFC guys. My good friend Barrett Brown was up from Texas, and he was part of the four-man uh, Fatal Four match in the main event. So it was a it was a good show. It really was. Um, packed house, you know, so it was it was good. So uh what I know my Chiefs won in overtime yesterday. Woohoo, I was happy. <laughs> I, w- I didn't get to see yeah, the game because I was at wrestling, but I mean I I know they won in overtime so I was very happy, so I kinda of find it funny how uh people like the Packers people are complaining they want their general manager fired because their team is doing so crappy this year, but it's like Devontae Adams left, and the Vikings got better. So now it's like dude, that's just a double double whammy there. And now we're we're making our way to the top of the uh, the North, and I think we're actually going to be going pretty hard this year as long as uh, Thielen and Jefferson keep up their uh, their hands, and then Dalvin Cook can kick up his running. I think we're actually going to be in the running pretty much or pretty far this year, especially with how the Rams are doing and uh, the Buccaneers are doing. It's just it's just not looking good for. Uh, the supposed best teams of yester yeah yesteryear. All right, speaking of yeah. yesteryear, uh our 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 guest is here calling on Skype, uh which means that uh it's all a 111 number cuz I can't blame her for not wanting me to have her phone number. But ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the wrestler amongst all wrestlers and she will definitely throw you around the ring. If you say the wrong thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time. She is Tanya Hyde. Hello, this is Tanya Hyde. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Huckster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hello. Hello. That's a lovely accent you have. How are you? (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm very well. It's a home county's accent. 
And I love it. So here's what we're going to do here, Tanya. We have uh, Tanya Heiser, guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. we got uh, 36 minutes here with uh, Tanya. So if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll do uh, I'll do ask a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and there's a guy in the studio that wants to challenge you, and then we'll come back oh, and no. we'll ask you the tougher <laughs> questions. So uh, uh, give us a little background real quick. Hey, so uh, I've been session wrestling for the last 12 years. Um, I train at a little studio in London called the Submission Room, um, and yeah, <laughs> it's a wonderful way to, to earn a living, pretty much. Uh, I also do some weightlifting, uh, that's how I keep fit, keep in shape, uh, still started doing a bit of rock climbing as well, for the different kind of strength, um, and yeah, it's, I have the best job in the world, honestly, it's great. And uh, here, here's a question, how much can you bench? <laughs> I knew you would ask that. I knew you would ask that. So I actually brought up my stats, which, of course, now I can't find. Because the thing is, like, when people are like, oh, what are your stats? And I don't know. I just lift heavy things. Um, yeah. <laughs> now I've lost them again. And then uh, uh, be the first question. Right, and then I, I know, Tanya, that uh, you know about the PG language thing, uh, so that's good. I, oh. I, I forgot to say that beforehand. Uh, <laughs> But uh, her vital stats, uh, okay, get this, everybody. She's 5'3", 56 kilograms. Uh, you guys can do that, and you can version your hands, so that means she's like 101 pounds or something, or 89 pounds, something like that. And her shoe size uh, that she would uh, jam in your throw, which is uh, 4.5 to 5, uh, that's her uh, vital stats. Uh, is any of that information incorrect? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I don't know what all your American sizes are, so uh, yeah, not a clue. Dress size, I think, I think I'm a zero over in, in your country. Not quite sure. <laughs> I'm tiny, well, I, and that's actually what all my, all my wrestling testimonials say, like, oh my God, you're so small, yet how can you throw me around a ring? This is not fair. It's great. Well, you know, actually, I, in, in our country, I believe the term is called petite, if I'm not mistaken. Petite. Oh, I just go athletic but curvy. I'm yeah, I'm I'm almost an hourglass as well. So uh yes, very pleasing I, on the I, eye. I yes, you definitely are. And uh for those of you who uh, have never seen uh, what Tanya looks like, she kinda looks uh uh like a rock star version of uh uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Uh, she looks a lot like her. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that before. Uh, uh, what is uh, the name of uh, uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife? Help me out, guys. What is her name? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll come back to it. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, here's what we're going to do here, because uh, I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of interesting questions for you, but I'm going to let my coworkers uh Set the bar first, and then we're going to come back to me. So, Granny, I know. Oh, I know. Before we go to Granny, so when you wrestle, would you consider yourself to be a, a baby face, a heel, or an in betweeny? Are you more of a crowd individual? <laughs> oh, I'm a heel, absolutely heel. Okay, this is going to get really interesting. Granny, go ahead. She's a heel. What do you got for our guest, Tanya Hyde? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. I am Granny Holster, and I don't like the heels. I actually talk smack to the heels. So <laughs> if I was at a wrestling show, which I very much love to be involved, 
I actually, they, you know, the wrestlers, they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip, or they'll say, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? You know, I mean, I could talk some pretty good smack, whether it be male or female. I mean, I've talked some pretty good smack to female wrestlers that are heels. So, you know, if, if I was watching you in a wrestling show, I would probably have a lot of fun going back and forth with you. So uh, we need to get you here in the United States and wrestle here. You know, I live in Arkansas, so we need to get you in the United States to come wrestle. So what has been one of your most interesting matches that you've had in your career? My interesting matches? You can't say this show because that would be too easy. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, so actually I went up to Manchester because I just started touring around the U.K., um, and it was a fantastic, because uh, I do private wrestling, so it's like one-on-one, um, and it was a pro-style uh, match with a ring, because normally um, I do submission wrestling, so it's kind of from the knees in a mat room, um, but I had this fantastic opponent called the Masked Marauder, um, and we got to do some really fun pile drivers and you know things out on the apron and off the ring um and that was that was blast a real real good fun and i love your accent by the way that's an amazing <laughs> accent i love that i love the accent so thank you fabulous so oh i, I remember I, I one time i, I, I remember one accent. time i was watching a a female's wrestling match and um uh the one girl, her name was Erica Torres. She's known as the American Witch. Um, mm-hmm. and she was out watching. The, it was a contender, number one contendership match for her championship belt. And I was cheering for Kate. And, you know, Erica was saying, don't cheer for her. Don't cheer for her. You know, and I said, well, why? I said, She's much better than you are. She, <laughs> she didn't like you. Know, she, 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 she didn't like that too well. And she says, "Granny, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be, you know, cheering for her opponent." So, and I said, "No." I said, "I said, you know, she's a better wrestler than you are, Erica. You know." And I mean, we were going back and forth, you know, and everything. And of course, she's actually one of my best friends too. But that's what I love <laughs> about the wrestling business is, you know. We have, um, you know, the, the wrestlers call me Granny. Their spouses call me as Granny. Their kids call me Granny. I have so many adopted grandchildren in my wrestling family, and I'm not related to any of them, by the way. But it's just <laughs> that's what I love about my wrestling family, family is because it's just it's you know you don't have to be blood to be family. I mean, you know that that's all I got to say about the wonderful world of wrestling. So. Yeah, uh, Tiny Hines our guest here. Yeah, Tiny Hines our guest here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, and uh, well, we have about uh, twenty nine minutes here. Now, Tiny, I want to introduce you to the modern nightmare Matthias. Now, he was uh, checking out your stats, and I, I guess he saw some footage, uh, and he said that he could probably take you in the ring. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to see if we can't make that match now. So, uh, Matthias, go ahead. Do you think you can uh, take uh, uh, Miss Tanya, or is she going to make you hide? Well, let's just get this out of the way since you never properly introduce me. You are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current reigning, defending, undisputed, 
feuded EWI Diamond. Oh my and God! AEW Who World the hell cares? Thanks, Big <laughs> Swing. I'll repeat that because of that. Yes, the undisputed EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion Matthias here. Welcome <laughs> on to the show. <laughs> I could just go on all night about this. I can keep repeating myself all I want. I don't care. This is my part hey, of the show. We only have 28 minutes, so go ahead. Well, ask this, your question. Well, this is my <laughs> part of the show, and if people want to keep interfering in my part of the show, then I will keep delaying my part of the show. But anyway, my main, get, uh, my main question would be to our guest. I mean, if she wants to come up here to the States, if she wants to fight me for either one of my championships, I'm always down. A heel versus heel match might uh, work out, but, of course, I am <clears> always going to be the better heel. But my main question to you is, is there been a specific challenge for you throughout your entire career, training-wise or match-wise, that you thought or you felt that has been uh, been a little tougher for you to climb over, an obstacle to climb over, or is it just kind of all came naturally to you? Well, the very first thing I have to say, Matthias, is that if you're every girl's dream, then you're definitely my dream, because I dream about thrashing men like you. And secondly, to answer your question, (laughs) um, I actually got an injury last year uh, where I tore my uh, meniscus. And of course, it was one of those things of, you know, we all came back after after lockdown, um, and you know, you just think that you're as fit and as trained and as, you know, in the ring as you were before, uh, and then you're not, <laughs> and then you get injured. Um, and, yeah, for the last year, I, like, I'm, I'm getting back into my, my full swing now. Um, but it's just like, okay, I have a dodgy knee. I'm not going to stop. How are we going to do this? Um, so it took a lot of, a lot of teamwork, um, really, with people to be like, okay, well, I have this knee thing, uh, but I'm not going to stop. So how are we going to work around that? Um, and actually, it's led me to be more creative and fiercer and uh, up, uh, up, my, up my game a little bit. <laughs> um, and I think that's the thing about life, is you get challenged in different ways, and you just take it as it comes, and you adapt, and you carry on. Okay, okay. Well, if you're talking about being fierce, I've got uh, two. Cha- I've got one championship title that is nothing but hardcore rules. So I guess if Icon wants to promote this match... We can either go for my EWA Diamond Championship, where it's a hardcore title, and uh, Icons can tell you all about the hardcore stuff I've done. I've been hit with everything, including the kitchen sink, and I've still gotten Oh, nothing. my God. <laughs> Who the we hell go the, cares? Uh, yep, I, I'm cool with this. I can keep repeating myself. <laughs> I keep going. I don't know if it's you, Icon, or who's doing this, but I'm... I, I don't play going. those. Big but, Swing plays those. Well, I guess we'll kick... Oh, I guess I'll be the permanent replacement for Big Swing. Anyway... Uh, or if you want, we could go against uh, each other for my heavyweight championship out in Wisconsin, either or. But either way, I like to go hardcore. I like to go to the extreme. I like to taste my own blood while I'm in the middle of that ring. So, I mean, if Icon wants to promote something, let's get it going. Well, we have uh, Tanya Hyde as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 25 minutes. And for those of you who uh, listen to our show on a regular basis, I know I've said this a couple times today, but if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Kent FM page, like that. Do a $10 month donation, power the tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a uh, a an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, Tanya, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaway? Yeah, sure. All right, I'll send you that address and uh uh you where where are you calling us from exactly? 
I'm in London. Yeah, so uh, if if I give you the address, it'll probably take like what four weeks to get here or something like that. I don't know what the mail's like from London to North Dakota, but uh, well, I'm actually going to uh, Canada in a few weeks, so I might just post them from Canada. I might get there quicker. Oh, okay. Now the other question I was going to ask you. Now, um, you know, we had the and we don't spend too much time on it because it, uh, you know, it's still depressing, and I think we finally turned the corner. But uh, you know, in 2020 we had COVID, and uh, tell us. Uh, what was uh, uh, COVID like in, in London, and what did that do for you? Uh, uh, how did it affect your career? Uh, gosh, so in London, it, it was the unpredictability that I think was really uh, killing everybody because we were in lockdown uh, for three months in 2020, and then it opened up in the summer, and then we were in lockdown again kind of for five or six months in the in the winter after that. Um, and... But it, but it was never like, we're going to lockdown for six months. It was like three weeks, three weeks, three weeks. We'll be open for Christmas. We'll be fine for Christmas. We'll be shut for Christmas. So everybody was constantly in this kind of holding on state of just like, oh, we're just going to wait until the next bit. We're just going to wait until the next bit. Um, and in London, I think it was very different from the rest of the country because we have less space. <laughs> so, you know, the parks were jam-packed every day because people don't have gardens in London, so you have to be out in the parks. Whereas uh, you travel out a little bit and everybody's a bit more kind of in their cars because you don't need a car in London. Um, and everybody's a bit more uh, cautious uh, than they were in, in London. Um, and, of course, you know, being in London, everybody got it a million times. I think I came down with it about three times. Um, even though I've been vaccinated. Um, and in terms of wrestling, um, I actually went online. <laughs> so I was doing cyber wrestling, uh, and it's something that I still now, Okay, now, do. hold on a second. Great cyber stuff. wrestling, I, how, how does this work? Does the guy just <laughs> see and throw his hands up and say, I'm done? Um, yeah, so it's kind of like you control each of your characters. So it's like this text chat. Um, and someone will say, okay, I'm in the ring, I'm signing like this, I'm looking like this, uh, and I'll go, okay, based on that, I'm going to do this move. Uh, and there's a, oh, okay, and, and you just kind of uh, role-play it, but you role-play it in text version. Um, and actually, I had a lovely, uh, a few regulars every week, and we'd sit down and we'd, we'd you know, basically script matches. Um, and, and one of them, when we got to meet up again, we actually then did the match that we'd scripted over the, the previous months when we couldn't meet up. So that was that was great fun. So now, uh, when you were doing these cyber matches, and this is kind of curious, uh, it kind of sounds like uh, uh, Sylvester J. Fox's uh, speed, but uh, we can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, I, I'm guessing that you'd be undefeated because all you would have to do is tell the guy, okay, I have a fire extinguisher in my hand. I just hit you in the back of the head. You're done. <laughs> ah, but that's the thing. You don't tell them what happens to them. So they could be like, well, I drank my coffee this morning, therefore a fire extinguisher is no match for me. I'm going to then, you know, grab this chair and hit you around the head with it. And they'll be like, oh, I fall flat on my front, but then I pop up again and, you know, take this mallet or whatever it is, you know. And you go like that. So you're only controlling your actions, not the other person. So it's kind of you know, the other person submits when they feel that <laughs> you've earned it with your creativity and imagination. Hey, Matthias, would you want to ch uh, uh, challenge for the uh, online submission uh, uh, challenge uh, title? Well, I mean, that's just another piece of uh, hardware to wrap around my shoulder or around my waist, so you know, let's do this. 
So now let me ask you this, and uh, of course, you know, we, we have to be PG here, but let's say that someone wanted to book a match with you, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, Matthias, for instance. Uh, I, I like to book a match with you, too, but I, I you know, uh, you know, after after we're in the ring for three hours together, you'd probably just want to give up anyway. But uh, you know, if you took <laughs> it, 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 if you took on if you took on Matthias, maybe that's like an hour Iron Man match. Uh, you could take on Granny, that'd be like an hour Iron Man match. You take on Sebastian Fox, you take him out in two minutes. Uh, you take me out in three. But uh, hey, I don't know why you guys like to down talk my manager so much. You see, you just I mean I don't know if you realize this, but Sly's guys are rising to the top of the professional wrestling industry. And as a matter of fact, after we won our match October 23rd in Wapton, North Dakota, we are now going to not only crush downtown Petey Brown and DeLorean Dix at the next show, but we are going to crush one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and his son, Kerry, in Fargo, North Dakota. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, I know that the Sly guys are on the rise. They are on the rise like the Green Bay Packers. We'll get back to that in a second. So, now, Tanya, if someone wanted to book a match with you, uh, a live match, what would they have to do? And uh, how much would they have to uh, pay to get their butt kicked by you? (laughs) Uh, I charge 200 pounds an hour, and they just have to email uh, the submission room. Uh, and Pippa, who runs it, who's amazing, uh, she's an, another wrestler herself, um, she'll get you all booked in. You said 200 pounds? Yes. I don't know what that is in dollars. Uh, I'm going to find that out here in just a second. Uh, does anybody know, uh, Matthias, you know what the conversion rate is? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, Granny? I'm looking it up. <laughs> Am I cyber wrestling? Um, that's how much? Uh, that's forty pounds an hour. So a bit more affordable uh, okay. for what, people who are across the pond. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. One U.S. dollar equals point eight eight four zero one seven pounds. So the I guess the exchange rate is pretty good. So I guess uh, two hundred pounds. Uh, let's see. How many? Two hundred twenty nine dollars and ninety three cents United States dollars. Okay, now, uh, well, now, do you prefer to be? You obviously, they obviously have to pay you in pounds, and they obviously have to come to you because you're not going to come to the states to meet us. No, right? <laughs> afraid not. <clears throat> so now, Anytime and you, want you prefer to be, store, I'll give you a, a, and you prefer to be paid in pounds. You don't want to be paid in the American dollar, right? No, <laughs> I can't use that money over here. It doesn't work. So now if someone uh, wanted, you know, you mentioned where they can go to book a session, how far in advance do they need to book to have a match with you? Generally 48 hours. Um, You know, honestly, it depends how busy the studio is because sometimes, you know, we've got bookings from 8 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Um, So it just depends on my availability, studio's availability. It can take up to a week to sort out, but sometimes a couple of days. And uh, now, uh, and they have to, uh, they, they actually have to, uh, they would have to pay for your accommodations, or do you have, uh, nope. uh, do you have like a studio and stuff like that? Yeah, 200 pounds is the entire price um, for an hour at the submission room, uh, which is in, in, in a place called Seven Sisters in London. Um, and yeah, that's, that's inclusive of everything. And uh, okay, so uh, here, here's the thing, folks. If you wanted to fly to London, you can go to Expedia.com. 
$151 flight to London, and then have $240, uh, well, 200 pounds uh, that you can. So basically for $370, less than 300 bucks, you can fly to London uh, in 24 hours, get your uh, behind kicked by Mrs. Hyde, and then fly all the way back and tell everybody how uh, – how bad you hurt after being beat up by Tanya Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> We're on 89.1 Ken's FM here. Uh, Tanya Hyde's our guest here. we got about 16 minutes. So how long have you been doing this? And when did you uh, – what, what got you involved or who got you involved? So I started in 2009. Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember how old I was. I think I was maybe 21, something like that. Um and I mean, I'd always been doing combat. Uh, so I did judo from a young age. Then I did a bit of capoeira. Then I did some uh, long sword fighting. Uh, and when I saw the advert, it was in Gumtree, which I think is your equivalent of Craigslist. Um, I was like, yeah, that looks fun. And from the first moment, I was absolutely hooked. It was, it was great. Um, and yeah, I've been doing it maybe once or twice a week ever since. So now, would you be willing to let us know what your record is? My record? Oh gosh. Well, we do one-on-one matches, um, so we don't. It's not show wrestling, um, so it's not a record as such. Well, I mean, well, pretty much I mean by, undefeated. Well, what I mean by <laughs> like a record is like, uh, you know, it, it's. I, I know it's not shoot fighting like uh, the WWE or uh, AEW, but. Uh, like, you know, if you had to say, like, how many times you've defeated somebody and how many times they defeated you, uh, that's what I mean by your record. Ah, oh, well, I'd probably say probably 98% with me winning. Man, she she seems kind of tough, though, doesn't she, Matthias? She seems like a, uh, a great package, doesn't she? Well, I mean, you know, somebody's always got to lose, and Matthias always has to get his win <laughs> somehow, so... She sounds tough, but I'm six foot two and two hundred sixty pounds, and I could take a lot of punishment and a lot of pain and still climb to the top. Just ask Danny Duggan, who put me through a table covered in thumbtacks. Just ask Danny Duggan, who also put a barbed wire baseball bat around my head. Just ask the system, who clocked me over the head with his violin and still lost. You got no chance when you're against me in a match of mine. Well, Matthias. It, it sounds like she's uh, pretty tough, like a good friend of mine that happens to be a female wrestler. I think I would be calling her a little stick of dynamite, and I think she could <laughs> probably whip you up, beat you up. So like a $2 steak. Is that what we're talking about here, Granny, back from your days? Well, like well, no, I'm, no, she's, just, uh... I'm just saying, no, I said she's a little stick of dynamite. In other words, well, yeah, she's going to tear you up from limb day... to limb. Well, because back in your day, remember, they always used to call people tougher than a $2 steak? Well, I, you know, I don't know about that. I'm not that old, Matthias, but, but I was well, going to – So, so, so Tanya, so we can do this. If our, if our fans wanted to uh, – uh, and don't leave yet because we still, we still got 13 minutes. I still got uh, a lot more questions. But if our fans wanted to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a I'm going to kick your butt page, what do you got? <laughs> I'm on Twitter. So my handle is Tanya LWS because LWS was my, my first studio before they shut down. Uh, so that's how people can find me on Twitter. 
And uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, uh, what does someone want to buy you a cup of coffee? Now you'll know how big of a fan I am. <laughs> well, I'm actually getting my uh, my website redone. Um, so it's going to have all the whistles and all the bells. Um, but until then, it's just like saying hi on Twitter, and I can send you my link to uh, to buy me a coffee. Uh, what is what is your favorite kind of coffee? Oh gosh, um, it's got to be a mocha. I'm absolutely addicted. So now, do you guys have like uh, uh, do you guys have like like Starbucks or Caribou over there? Yeah, we do because while we have a really strong tea culture, um, we drink tea at home. <laughs> because the coffee shops do not know how to make a good cup of tea. It, they are dreadful. <laughs> um, honestly, like two tea bags, hot milk. Like it, it's an absolute uh, show. It's awful. Um, so yeah, Matthias, question for you. Uh, British style. Have Uh-oh. you ever had a scalding hot cup of tea poured over you? I've had. Well, yeah, and I've also had many other liquids thrown <laughs> at me while I'm in the middle of the ring. Ice cold beer. Uh, a lot of other liquids I will not pronounce, I will not say here on the show. <laughs> so I mean, I could I could take a couple quick burns and I could still get back up. I've been I've yeah. been poked, I've been prodded, I've been cut, I've been sliced, I've been I've been cheese grated, cheese grated. I've had a cheese grater against Ooh. my forehead. I have been I have just been <clears throat> about everything you can do in that ring. So you know, a new challenge is always welcome. So if you want to pour some uh, some tea on me and. And, and 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 maybe pour some milk on me, and maybe cover me in a couple of stones. You can call me a, a good English breakfast. I don't know. We'll we'll have some fun with it. All right, hey Tanya, I got an idea. How about this? The London Tea Match, starring Tanya Hyde and Matthias. Thirty minutes. First one to the pot of tea gets to use it. <laughs> I love it. It's like the tea party all over again. And and I finally figured out who you look like. You look like Nicole Kidman. Has anybody ever told you that? I have had that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is another one. Oh, you're more be- you're you you're better looking than she is. Though. you're you're more. Is that the term more pretty than she is? Yeah. Uh, okay, I wasn't expecting the silence. I was expecting a quick snappy answer. But anyway, so now when. Um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you had a, a studio that closed and uh, you opened up a new studio. What Did, did it close because of COVID or did, did you just no. not have any support for it? No, she just retired. Um, yeah, Honey uh, was a huge player in the London scene. Um, and, yeah, she, she was getting married and she was just like, yeah, I'm done with this now. Um, so Pippa, uh, who was one of the wrestlers there, um, set up her own studio because uh, there's, there's a little bit of competition in London. There are, there are three studios. Um, so most of, most of Honey's girls went over and, and worked with Pepper, and I've been there ever since. Is that, do you say that, is it Pepper or Piper? Pippa, Pippa the Ripper. Okay, now do you think you could hook us up with her to be on the show? Yeah, absolutely. But, hey, Matthias, I got an idea. How about this? The icon and Matthias versus Tanya Hyde and Pepper. Well, I mean, I, I got, yeah, it's Pipper, and I don't know if I really want to do a tag team. Matthias, Matthias already has the slides, guys, and we're quite an unstoppable force already, so I think until I get, like, another, if I even maybe get another faction somewhere, it's got to be a faction. It can't just be a solo tag team. So, I mean, if you can find another couple guys and want to get another couple people involved, I mean, yeah, why not? Let's make this party happen. Now, do you uh, – <clears throat> 
And speaking of that, do you ever do uh, tag team matches uh, with you and uh, uh, some of the other friends in uh, your faction, Tanya, or is it uh, they can only have yeah. a match with you? I had one last night, in fact. Um, there was five of us versus one guy. What? Oh, five gals versus one guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun one. And uh, uh, this guy never been on a date or what? <laughs> no, it's somebody that, because uh, London's a big hub for this, so people fly in from all over the place. So they have little holidays and they save up. And, yeah, every few months, you know, we get our regulars and they, they you know, will enjoy having that, you know, two or three times a year. Now, I'm just kind of curious, you know, you know, we talked a little bit about the time difference. What time is it in London right now? <laughs> right now? It's uh, 10 to 5 in the morning. It's 10 to 5. So it's about a 12-hour difference, I believe. No, it's not. Because uh, it's, uh, it's 10, to, 10 to 5 in the morning, you said there, right? Yeah. And it's uh, 10.48 here. So uh, I, I, I've never been good with uh, conversion. I'm just, I'm just going to stop trying to conver, uh, uh, converge because I'll, I'll never get it correctly. But uh, It's about a 5 or 6-hour difference. About 6-hour difference. So now, uh, when is the studio open? Like, uh, is there like, if someone like sends you a message on Twitter saying, "Hey, I'll be in uh, London uh, Saturday, and I'd like to have a match with you Sunday," uh, you say, "Okay, I want you to meet me at like five o'clock. Uh, let me get a cup of tea, and then I'll I'll be there to uh, beat you up uh, an hour after that." How how does that work? How do people book? Um, yeah, I mean, they just contact Pepper, and Pepper will, you know, have a chat with me, find out my availability, get the studio's availability, and book it in. Um, generally speaking, we don't do last-minute bookings because we have very busy lives. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we do bookings in early in the morning before work for some people, or we do it late in the evening before people go catch a flight. Um, so, yeah, the studio is open 24-7. Um, we just usually ask people to uh, pay a bit more if we're doing unsociable hours. And uh, is there is there like uh, is there like uh, like any type of match that you do that's like off limits? Uh, you know, the, I, I'm sure you have your boundaries, but uh, yeah. I, I know you're going to come out and beat the guy up. But uh, is, <laughs> uh, what are some of the off limits things uh, in keeping it in a PG manner? Um, off limits things? Uh, no eye gouging. <laughs> we don't like eye gouging uh, or hair pulling. That's the thing that and, we, don't, uh, we don't have. So now, like, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. You know, you, you do mostly submission matches. We have Tanya Heiser, I guess, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, six minutes here with Tanya. Uh, so now I'm just kind of curious, and, and I'll understand if you don't want to divulge it so, uh, so people will try and find a way to counter it, but what is your submission maneuver? My favorite move um, is probably a scissors and a sleeper. Um, and the moment somebody taps out of one, I'll put on the other one. And then they tap out of that, I'll put on the other one again. So it becomes this beautiful kind of torture where uh, they just tap into more pain. And uh, uh, so now when you say it like a sleeper, uh, um, you like put them to sleep and then you like let them lay there for like two hours and wake up and say, hey, uh, <laughs> your wallet's been cleared out. Go home. <laughs> you have run out of money. Be gone. Um, yeah, I, I generally let people uh, tap out, uh, well, go unconscious for a couple of seconds, but no more than that. 
So, and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, normally people tap before they before they pass out. Have they ever? Have, has anybody ever made you submit? If you if you would want to let us know that. <laughs> Once or twice, it has been known. It has been known to happen. And uh, you you obviously have security, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. We have very good security and very good hygiene after COVID, um, before COVID, but, you know, extra care after COVID. So, yeah, we're uh, – Pepper looks after us. Now, do, you, do they have to, like, show that they've been vaccinated and stuff like that, or do they have to get tested before they uh, step into the, the match with you? Honestly, I don't know. Pippa, Pippa organizes all of that. And, she, she does uh, all the what, boring uh, admin. <laughs> I just turn up and whoop ass. And what what is your uh what is your favorite uh uh favorite thing about doing this besides making a, a guy completely scream for his life? Uh it's it's meeting lots of different people and enjoying a really niche thing with them. Because, um, you know, in my in the rest of my life, um I it's not really something that people go, Oh yeah, I totally want to do that and it's like, You're strange and I'm like, Oh yeah, fine, whatever. Um, so it's lovely meeting people that are like, This is awesome and you're like, Yes it is Um and yeah, just the number of people that I get to meet on a regular basis is, is great. Love it. And uh how many matches a week would you say that you have? Uh between one and two normally. And it's mostly on the week, it's not during the week, right? Oh, no, it's, it's normally during the week, actually, um, during the week, during the day, because uh, people normally take a day off work, you know, just to enjoy the whole experience, even though it's only an hour, um, and sometimes I'll go for lunch with somebody who have a coffee or whatever. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's great. Any time of day or night, honestly, people book. Uh, Tiny Hans, our guest here. Unfortunately, we only got uh, three minutes left, and uh, I, I wish it were three more years because uh, you, uh, I, we, we just love your accent. By the way, I, I mean, that's, <laughs> we, well, we love everything about you, but your accent is just like is probably the best one we've ever had on the show here. Well, thank you. And uh, once again, here, uh, Tanya. So, our, if our fans uh, are listening that are going to London and they want to, well, they want to take a day and. Uh, well, just basically get beat up and then go for a cup of tea afterwards. How would they book a uh, a match with you? Uh, they just contact Pippa at the submission room. So it's just it's just a send submission an email. room on Twitter, right? Uh, yeah, the submission room on Twitter, or it's the submission room at gmail dot com. Uh, it's got a website, probably the submission room dot co dot uk, probably. Um, yeah, they can find out more about me and about all the other girls that fight there. Um, you know. Honestly, like I've never worked with such a lovely bunch of ladies. Um, you know, as as Granny was saying, everybody's lovely. It's a really tight crew. So uh, whether you book me or somebody else, um, you know, you're going to have a really, really great time. And one of the questions I was going to ask to this uh, guy that uh, took on Fabi now, did he, he have to pay each one of the girls to get beat oh, yeah. up by each one of you? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, that's, uh, uh, as we say here in the States, that's an expensive hangover. Uh, anyway, uh, well, well, I'll tell you what, Tanya, you are awesome. Thank you very much, and I will uh, uh, send you some information on Twitter on where to send the autographs, and uh, you are so awesome. And uh, <clears throat> if you could hook us up with uh, uh, Piper there, we would uh, definitely like to uh, have her on and uh, uh, see if she'd be willing to beat us up too. Sure thing. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Tanya. All right, Tanya, run and hide, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, uh, that was a great guess, wasn't it, uh, Matthias and uh, Granny? Yeah, it was. That was interesting. 
I got know, a me- I-, I got a real quick message for Matthias Icon before we get off here tonight. You you got two minutes. I heard Go him ahead. talk. I heard him talking about the match coming up where he was talking about Ricky Morton and his son Carrie. Now I have never met Carrie, but I am personal friends with Ricky Morton. So, Matthias, when you see Ricky Morton, you're going to have to tell him that Granny and family said hello. But well, I, I gotta, I've never I had met... the opportunity to see Carrie Russell, but I, I've, I'm personal friends with Ricky. So, Yeah, I got to meet them in Michigan before I went and won the APW heavyweight title. I got to meet the Rock and Roll Express and ref one of their matches, and they were cool guys. And uh, yeah, now, they I get are. To, uh, now I get to crush a legend and his son, take him back in time, take him downtown and beat him down. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, when I uh, when I see Ricky, I will have to uh, let him know that you guys uh, say hello. And, uh, and, I have a, and I have a picture. I have a picture of me and David, my husband, with Ricky and Robert at an autograph signing where I'm getting to wear Robert's WWE Hall of Fame ring. So that was pretty awesome, too. So uh, and I'm per- we're personal the, friends with him. Uh, the Vikings are taking on the Bills, uh, so hopefully we'll turn out eight and one. And uh, uh, Granny, who are the Kansas City Chiefs playing? Um, touchdown oh, Raiders! Shut up, big swings. They we don't need no Raiders. <laughs> um, they're going to be taking on the Jaguars. All right, Sunday, and then. Um, uh, uh, then uh, next week I'm going to uh, try and get Big Swing on and uh, uh, my buddy on. We have a little bet here. Uh, they are Cowboys fans, as you know, and then the, the Vikings play the Cowboys, and I got a little bet with them. And, uh, Matthias, I kind of uh, got you. You did uh, one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! God, I hate that. Uh, uh, anyway, so Matthias, there, there's a little bet going on. We have a little beverage waged on this. If our team uh, uh, comes ahead uh, and wins the game, uh, those guys will have to buy us a beverage. And then if we lose, of course, it'll be my from my pocketbook. But uh, uh, we'll have to buy them a beverage. Uh, would you be in on this with me, Matthias? Yeah, why not? I mean, with our performances, the Vikings have been going on lately. I don't see why we would lose unless Kirk Cousins breaks his ankle or or Justin Jefferson or or uh, Adam Thielen break one of their hands or something. So I think we're in pretty good shape. I think so as well. Well, I'll tell you what, we're just about done here. Uh, uh, same time next week, uh, Attitude Air Live, Monday Live Monday on Ken's FM from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Join us every week, and until next week, uh, be safe, love each other, care for each other. We'll see you all next week. Do you think you know me?